My friend, you're here because you want English skills that help you connect with people on a deeper level. So join the free accent training community on school.com today and get some momentum going with your American accent development. Open the link in the description and request to join the free accent training community while spots are available, my friend. Welcome to the Accent Training Podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can harness the potential of your spoken English. My name is Pat, I'm from Toronto, and I've got a question for you. Are there any cultures out there that you find to be offensive or abrasive? That's to say that they don't seem to really care how what they say or do might hurt other people. Well, I'm here to tell you that chances are these people probably think the same of your culture. Now, is your culture offensive? Likely not. And I'm sure that these people from other cultures aren't trying to be either. Here's a statement that I'm sure many non-native speakers would agree with. Americans are offended easily. Canadians too, of course. I mean, I'm just as bad as anyone else. But miscommunication between people of different cultures can lead to misunderstandings very quickly. Things that may be appropriate in my culture may be profane in yours. The issues that arise as a result of this can be terribly difficult to overcome, especially if one of the people doesn't even understand what they've done wrong in the first place. I know that in my personal relationship, being married to a Mexican woman, some of our biggest fights have boiled down to be just cultural misunderstandings. And so today, I'd like to bring to your attention a handful of phrases, spoken phrases, and sometimes written phrases, that are sure to leave North American speakers feeling offended. It's quite possible that you've used one of these phrases yourself, offending someone accidentally and not even knowing it. Now, I'm not going to be getting into the new speak list of words. That social justice business, it changes too often, and it's directed towards specific cultures. We're diving into phrases that are much more general, and things that you want to watch for when you're speaking with any native English speakers, not just a particular group. So today's episode, we're going to consider how we can avoid putting our foot in our mouths in the future. Now, there's a good idiomatic expression right there to kick things off. Putting your foot in your mouth. To put your foot in your mouth. What does that mean? Well, putting your foot in your mouth is saying something embarrassing or offensive by accident. Something that makes things a little uncomfortable, but you really didn't mean for it to come out that way. Now, just before we get into that list, I'd like to remind you to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure that you like the episode, that you subscribe to this podcast, because that makes sure that you know as soon as new things come out for you to learn from. And information, like what we're hearing today, is important. And these are often things that are best learned as quickly as possible. So make sure that you hit subscribe to the podcast, and you will know as soon as I've got new content out. Now, of course, this is the Accent Training Podcast. Today's episode is not about accent, but if you are looking to learn some things about accent, make sure that you take a moment to check out my video course on the website Udemy. It's all about commanding the sound of your spoken English through the letter T, getting the strong and weak and strong and weak pattern just right. 
check out the video course because if English is not your first language, but you're regularly communicating with Americans, it can give you a huge boost if you've got materials to learn how to communicate using the same sounds and stress that they do. It helps your understanding, it helps your ability to build relationships, and that's a major part of language learning in the first place. The relationships that we get to build through our communication skills. So take control of those communication skills for yourself. On to the lesson. Let's dive into a few quick phrases that we want to control here and see what we're working with. Make sure that you don't end up putting your foot in your mouth by accident. Now, the first phrase I want to bring to your attention is, what? Or what? What? When a non-native speaker mishears me, I'll often hear them say, what? And a request for me to repeat myself. Now, personally, I understand that you're only trying to ask me to repeat myself, and so I don't let it bother me. But many native speakers, who are not me, will often take offense to this. You see, saying what may come across as if you either don't believe what they're saying or that you're feeling a little impatient with them. It may even sound as though you aren't interested in what they have to say at all. And so instead of saying what, we can easily overcome that difficulty by just saying, could you repeat that? Or, I didn't hear you well, can you say that again? In place of what? So suppose that somebody asks you, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? And you think to yourself, I'm not too sure what they just told me. You want to make sure not to say what? What? That'll come across as rude. It'll come across as abrasive. We want to just say, sorry, could you repeat that? Or, I didn't hear you well. Could you say that again? These phrases, they take more words, but they will make sure that the meaning of your question is understood just as you intend it to be. So that's number one. When you misunderstand somebody, don't just say what. Don't say what? What? But say, could you repeat that? Or just tell them, I didn't hear you well. Please say that again. To native speakers, this is a lot more polite sounding. Another one here that, honestly, I've been offended by here in Mexico is people saying, give me that. Give me this. Give me that. I'll often hear it maybe at the dinner table with my mother-in-law. She'll say, give me the salsa. Give me the water. Now, the thing is, in her language, in Spanish, that's normal. That's how you'd communicate that. Dame eso. Dame. Give me this. Give me that. It's fine in Spanish. However, we have a saying in English. Gimme, gimme never gets. Don't you know your manners yet? Gimme, give gimme give never gets. It means if you say give me, you're not going to get what you want. Learn your manners. Now, of course, that's something that we more tell to children. It would be a little condescending to tell that to an adult. You don't want to say that to somebody. And that's part of the reason why I'm making this episode, so that nobody tells that to you. And so that whatever your language is, you know that if you say, give me this, give me that, it's going to come across as demanding, as if that person works for you and they have to obey your commands. It's better to just say, please pass me this. Just with a quick little please. Or even, can you please pass me this? May I have this? May I have the salt? When we make a request indirectly, may I do this? 
Can you pass the salsa? It comes across a lot nicer sounding to native English speakers, as if they have a choice. Now, of course, from there, I suppose you are giving them a choice. Can you pass me the salsa? They could say, no, I can't. But people aren't going to say that. Typically, people are just going to pass you the salsa. They're not going to tell you, no, I can't pass you the salsa. So in the future, when you're at the dinner table, maybe on business or with some friends, don't tell people, give me this, give me that. Just say, please pass me this, or can I please have that? I promise you it's a much friendlier way to get your message across. Speaking of messages, let's talk about text messages a little bit. Text messages. Sometimes I'll send a big message to a student, and it'll be a big, long message, well thought out. I've checked my grammar, there are no redundancies, and everything's looking good. I'll send it to them, and they'll just message me back the letters, okay, okay. There isn't anything inherently wrong with saying okay. It just sounds cold. That's honestly the only way I can put it. It sounds cold. It, it makes it sound as though you don't really care about what the other person said. Or like their message just isn't worth taking time for an answer. Now this is a new age thing. This is something that's grown a lot more with texting and the use of social media. So it's not applicable to all conversations. But... If somebody sends you a nice long message, don't just respond with the letters, okay, okay. It's cold. It's just cold sounding. Sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes you're just saying, I don't want to talk with you anymore. Let's end the conversation. Okay, whatever. Okay. It's just a cold response. That may be necessary sometimes, but be careful when you use it is all I'm saying. It may come across as offensive to somebody without even meaning it. So, so far we've seen, what? We want to change that for, could you repeat that? Give me that. Give me this. Give me that. We want to change that for, will you please pass me that? Or, may I have this? And we want to be careful when we respond to messages using only the letters, okay. Sometimes it's necessary, but it may come across as, I don't care what you're talking about. So let's see the next one up here. Next up, we've got the phrase, you look tired. More a comment that you'd make towards somebody. You look tired. You look tired. Did you sleep well? You look tired. I'll tell you what, it's not polite. I don't know about your culture. Your culture, it may be okay to ask that to somebody. In the American culture, this is like telling somebody, you look ugly. You know, you don't look attractive today. What's wrong? Why don't you look pretty? Why don't you look handsome? It's not polite. It's not polite in my culture. I can't talk about others. But I'll tell you what, I don't appreciate the question. And so here's what you can do. Instead of saying, you look tired, you can say nothing. Just say nothing. Just don't say anything. Just don't tell them they look tired. They can see in a mirror. They know that they look tired. You don't need to tell them. Unless if you're concerned about someone's health, you know, maybe someone who's close to you or something like that. Okay, asking could be appropriate, but those are certain circumstances. I'm talking about just a regular day. You go to grab a coffee and you tell the barista, you look tired. You look tired. Are you okay? They're not going to enjoy the rest of their day knowing that people think they look ugly. So it comes across as inappropriate. 
careful who you tell you look tired to. Now, I've got three more to consider here. Three more, and these are all inappropriate questions. These are all questions which, if you ask people, you may offend them. You may offend them. The first of which is, how old are you? How old are you? Now, me, I don't mind being asked how old I am. Personally, I'm fine. I'm okay with that. I'm 28. You know, that's that's kind of an age to brag about. That's the age a lot of people want to be, 28. So when you're 28, you're pretty happy to say that you're 28. But I'll tell you what. Here's a secret that my grandmother told me. She said, all people, just 29, just assume that they are 29 years old. Don't ask, unless you're a doctor. If you're a doctor, you need to know. How old are you? That's an appropriate question for a doctor. But for the average person, it's best avoided. Even if you're genuinely curious and you don't want to, you don't even think that the person looks old, just don't ask. They may not look old, but they may be aging. You know, they may be getting a little older. So everybody is 29, especially the ladies out there. The ladies are all just 29 that you stop aging at that point, And I'm not even going to bother asking. Just 29. And I suggest that you folks, same thing. It may make people feel uncomfortable if you ask that question. It's a tiny thing. But again, we're talking about tiny phrases that are likely to offend native English speakers. And this is one of those. So, how old are you? Unless you're a doctor, don't ask. Just like you look tired. If you're concerned about someone's health, okay. Yeah, maybe ask. Otherwise, don't bother. Now, the next two questions that are best not asked are related to money. The first is, how much money do you make? How much money do you make? Now, this one's debatable. Personally, I'm not offended if I'm asked about how much money I make. I don't really care. That's all right. It's not a lot. It's definitely not a lot. However, for the typical American or Canadian, this is an inappropriate question. If you ask this to people, they may just tell you, none of your business. None of your business how much money I make. What are you asking me for? How much money I make. None of your business. None of your business. That's another good phrase that people will often say. It's like saying, don't worry about it. This isn't your concern. And it's usually not your concern. You're, again, just curious. Now, another money-related question that is best avoided is, how much did your house cost? How much did your house cost? Now, this may come up in conversation. If you're talking about properties, if it's relevant, people may just say what their property costs them. That's fine. It's just, it comes across as if you are judging somebody's social class. And it's just something that's inappropriate in American conversations to judge somebody's social class. Like I said, depending on the conversation, maybe you're chatting with somebody about buying a house. Maybe you're looking in the local retail market and you're chatting with somebody and you say, hey, I'm looking at houses around here. Uh, what's the average property value? You could say that. And then they might just tell you, well, my house cost 400 grand and uh, blah, 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 blah. And the good value in the schools and blah, blah, blah nearby. Those are nice things. That's a nice conversation. And that's good information to learn. However, it's all relevant to the context of that conversation. You can't just ask somebody that out of nowhere. You go to someone's house for dinner and you say, wow, this is a nice place. How much did this cost? 
it doesn't sound good. It sounds as though you're trying to judge them. Like, that's what people are going to hear it as, as if they're being judged. And it just makes things uncomfortable for people. Not that you're trying to make things uncomfortable, you're probably just trying to make small talk. However, some small talk conversations are just seen as inappropriate in the American culture. It's just the way it is. I'm not saying never ask somebody that. I'm just saying judge the situation, judge the conversation, and if it's appropriate. All right, so that does it with our list for today. Just a nice seven communication blunders, we'll call it, in spoken English. These aren't terrible things that are going to get you fired from a job or something like that, but you want to watch for these because if you slip up too much, it's not going to help your social standing either. So if you misunderstand somebody, don't say, what? 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 You could just say, I didn't hear you so well. Could you say that again? Or, can you repeat that, please? Instead of ordering somebody, like a servant, give me that. Give me that. Uh, give me, give me never gets. Not with English speakers. We want more, can you please pass me this? Or, can I have that? Can I? May I have this? May I try that? All of these are great substitutes for give me that. If you respond to messages saying only, okay, okay, I get it. Sometimes you got it. Sometimes that's necessary. But just know it may come across as cold. It doesn't mean that you're trying to be cold. It doesn't mean that you're trying to offend anybody. But it may come across that way. Telling people you look tired is best avoided unless you're genuinely concerned with that person's health and you want them to go see a doctor. Then maybe you look tired is okay. Otherwise, it's best avoided. Just don't, don't go, don't bother. How old are you? This is something that, again, you want to avoid asking. How old are you? We don't need to ask. Leave that to a doctor or leave that to the proper context. But just simply asking how old are you, it's, it may come across as offensive. 29. Everybody's 29. Just assume that you're 29. I assume everybody listening is 29 and younger. 29. We'll just stick to that. How much money do you make? Unless you have a close relationship with that person and the conversation is steering in the direction of that, or unless people are just being open about their finances, sometimes people are, just don't ask. Don't ask people how much money they make. It's a bad idea. How much does your house cost? Equally bad idea. When we're talking about money and we're asking people how much money they have or how much money they make or how much their assets are worth, it sounds as though we're judging them. And you want to avoid judging people in a casual conversation. Small talk, whatever it may be, we don't want to judge people. We just want to chat. We just want to chat. Do you have a habit of saying any of these phrases regularly? That's okay. It's probably something that you've learned. It's probably a direct translation from your language or from your culture, and you're just bringing it on into English. That doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're trying to get anybody upset. I'm just trying to make you aware of how that message is being understood by native speakers. If you want to change that, that's up to you. I'm just giving you the information. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you how it sounds. Do whatever you want. 
Your speech is totally up to you. And the way that you communicate your messages is equally your choice. I make mistakes in Spanish often. Personally, I will say things that offend people in Spanish. Not on purpose. It's just that the direct translation from English into Spanish doesn't always come out as nice as I intend it to. And so that's something I'm working on myself. So you work on this with English. I'll work on the same with Spanish. And we're going to make friends. And we're going to keep making friends through our phenomenal communication skills. Well, thank you very much to everybody for tuning on in today. This has been a wonderful chat. I'm happy to have had the opportunity to get this message out there because these things are tough to adapt to your regular speech. They take time. They take focus. And what we're doing is changing habits changing habits that you have formed over many years of your life, maximum 29, maximum 29 years you've been working on these habits. So they're tough to change. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but the fact that you took the time today to work on it means that you are totally capable of it. So keep up the good work, ladies and gentlemen. I know that you can pull this off. We're going to wrap things up for today. I got to get going. I've got one more class today starting in eight minutes. And then I got to edit this episode. And, well, I plan to get it out by Friday. Today is Wednesday. Get this out by Friday. Should be just fine. So thank you for tuning on in today. I hope that you've picked up a couple of good nuggets of information here. And I'm glad to have had the opportunity to share this with you and teach you how you can further control the implications of your words in English. Well, enjoy your day. Enjoy your morning. If the sun's up and you're in South America or Australia, it's nice and hot out, go to the beach if you can. Go to the beach if it's allowed. Enjoy it. Because I don't have a beach nearby. I've got a desert nearby. And you know what happens if you go and lay down in the desert? For one, a guy like me, I burn up. I turn red like a lobster. I can't go sunbathing in the desert. Another thing that'll happen, a snake will likely come and eat me. And I don't want to be eaten by a snake. So if you got a beach nearby, enjoy it. Come on, plan a nice little beach day. Get out there. Get out in the sun. If you don't have a beach nearby, that's all right. You're in the same boat as me. Anyway, that's, that's enough beach talk, enough silliness for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure, and have a good one, folks. I'm opening my doors of enrollment for the month of May. I've got five accent training spots available for five accent learners who want to see predictable progress learning to communicate in English with the same habits, the same patterns, and the same sounds that Americans use naturally. I've got limited space available this month, my friend. So apply right now through the link in the description if it's important for you to learn to speak English in the way that Americans listen for.